So, my chat on Twitch challenged me to play my first ever Souls game, and we've been playing through the infamous Demon Souls for the past few weeks. I'm not, like, enjoying myself. No, no, at all. Oh, I've really done it. Oh, I've really gone and done it. But I can't stop playing. Why do we persevere towards these goals that seem absolutely unachievable? And how far would St. Paul get in Demon Souls? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and 0% progress after four hours of gameplay. I am your nerd pastor, Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. As always, folks, we're going to be starting with our scripture. This time, we're going to be reading from Philippians 3, chapter 10 through verse 14. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation is what's going to be on the screen. If you have something else that you prefer, feel free to use that one as well. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Demon Souls is an action role-playing game developed by From Software for the PlayStation 3 and then remastered for the PS5. The first installment of the Souls series, Demon Souls, is set in Boletaria, a kingdom consumed by a dark being called the Old One, following its release through the use of the Forbidden Soul Arts. Players then take on the role of the hero brought to Boletaria to kill its fallen king, Alant, and pacify the Old One. The gameplay has the players navigating five different worlds from a hub called the Nexus, with a heavy emphasis on challenging combat combat and mechanics surrounding player death and respawning. That's right, you heard that correctly. The mechanics of this game are player death and respawning. Admittedly, what I want to talk about in this video is a good bit less about the lore of the Souls universe, although I think that is interesting in and of itself, and more about the actual metagaming that's going on behind the scenes of the game. Demon's Souls is hard, like crazy hard, like so hard that even after two full two-hour play sessions, I was still somehow stuck in the first region, and my PS5 taunted me with a literal 0% progress bar on the home screen. Ooh, PlayStation. I've lost count of exactly how many times I've died so far in the game, but I would be seriously underestimating if I said anything less than 50 times in four hours. That's absurd. But it's kind of the point of the game. The Souls games have become known in the gaming world for their level of difficulty. You're not supposed to make progress often. Everything is designed to be too challenging. This kind of has a twofold effect. On one hand, it can be endlessly frustrating, especially if you are literally doing the right thing and the game just glitches and totally robs you of that kill. The logical thing to do is to stop playing at this point, right? If the game isn't fun, or worse, if it's unfun, then the smart move would be to stop playing, right? But I can't. I love it. I'm enjoying the game so much. The challenge is overwhelming. But I make little hints of progress here and there. Whenever I first unlocked the shortcut to the tower in level one, let me tell you, the rush of good brain feelings was amazing. I conquered that part of the game, and then I died. Oh, no! Because, of course. I think that's honestly the back and forth that keeps the game as engaging as it is. On one hand, your brain is pumping adrenaline into your focus. You're being challenged, seriously challenged, and your brain is like, game on, yo, and it gives the energy to do the thing. 
Then, after you've expended a great amount of adrenaline, the game eventually rewards you with a new shortcut or weapon or whatever, and your brain rewards you in turn with a dopamine rush for receiving that reward on behalf of all of your hard work. It's this vicious cycle that can keep people somehow torturing themselves with this awfully delightful game. And I'm falling for it hook, line, and sinker. Yet, there's something else to this game that makes it worth that vicious cycle of give and take. And what really makes this game work is that there is something on the other side. There are going to be rewards. I have experienced enough shortcuts and weapons and discoveries that I know for a fact that I will receive that dopamine rush before too long. And so my brain willingly offers up that adrenaline as a sacrifice. On the other hand, if I go too long without receiving a reward, my brain will eventually stop offering that adrenaline and I will inevitably get burnt out on this game. But Demon Souls knows this and it consistently has managed so far to offer just enough of a carrot to keep me moving forward. In a perverse kind of way, I'd be lying if this didn't kind of remind me of our walk as Christians, sometimes more literally than figuratively. In our scripture from today, we know that Paul is writing this epistle or letter to the people of Philippi. But Paul isn't in some cushy house of a church member in Rome. No, Paul is writing this letter from the comforts of a dank dungeon prison. We aren't totally sure which time this is that Paul is imprisoned, which is kind of I mean, case in point of what I'm talking about here, the early church expected to be persecuted. They intended to be imprisoned, beaten, flogged, and sometimes even crucified for their beliefs. Paul is imprisoned because he stepped on toes with his beliefs. In fact, he was one of the persecutors back in his OG Saul days. He knows this better than anybody. Paul makes it abundantly clear that this is something to be expected. Not just expected, but pursued. In this passage, Paul declares boldly a list of these I statements, which is something we honestly don't get a lot of in Paul's more theological work. And while Philippians is still rich in theology and especially Christology, it is also a very deep, personal, pastoral letter from the life of Paul. Paul explains that he is desiring to know Christ and the power of resurrection. I think that every Christian can relate to those things. We want to know Jesus better. We want to have that living water that Jesus offers, of course. But Paul doesn't stop there. He also says he wants to know the suffering of Jesus too. He wants to share in that suffering. And Jesus suffered like a lot. But before we move on to my ultimate point with the scripture, I want to address something really quickly that you might be hearing that I'm not actually saying. Jesus suffered. And sometimes we as Christians can assume that we should pursue things that would then make us physically suffer. Perhaps you've seen the TikTok trend where cringy Christians are green screening in prison cells behind them while a Lauren Daigle song plays in the background because they stood up for their beliefs. First off, that's not happening. Second off, we as a church aren't really getting it when we do that kind of stuff, mainly because Jesus preferred the quiet devotion of the believer and not the loud prayers of the Pharisees, but also because we're focusing more on the suffering itself than what Jesus suffered for. Jesus suffered because Jesus loved too much. Jesus suffered because he defied the government and the expectations of the people around him in order that he might better love the prostitute, the non-believer, and the lost sheep. Jesus went against the status quo, and that made him suffer. Suffering for the sake of suffering isn't what I'm talking about, and it isn't what Paul is talking about. Paul is not praying that he might suffer. None of us want to suffer. We're not that weird flogging guy from the Da Vinci Code. Paul is praying that he might live a life that is so like the way that Jesus lived that he might suffer the same things that Jesus suffered 
four. Do you hear that difference? That one word makes that sentence drastically different. Why is the question. That's the ultimate question that we have to ask then. Why would Paul not pray for suffering in general, but pray for this specific kind of suffering? Because he knows what's on the other side. Because he knows the grace of Jesus. Because he knows that the reward, that dopamine, is going to be worth it. And so Paul says, I press on towards perfection, towards greater glory, not towards a TikTok trend or gloating about how good I am at playing the golden boy, but instead that I might suffer so that I can love God and love others better. Paul is not in prison because of a hot take or an edgy subtweet. Paul is in prison because he was loving people too much, because he was putting his neck on the line so that the words of Jesus might reach people it wasn't supposed to reach by the letter of the law. As it is in demon souls, without that reward, the effort we're putting into it is worth nothing. Our gospel is not a works-based gospel. We can work as hard as we want, but if we're suffering only for our own vainglory or for our own national ideals, our own political affiliation, our own values, desires, hopes, and dreams. Yeah, I know it's rough, but those things are never going to add up in the long run. I don't relate anime and video games to scripture because I love anime and video games. I do it because I love you, otaku and or gamer. I value you. I value you because Jesus values you. If I should suffer because of that, I welcome it. I don't pray to suffer. I don't pray for my own sake at all. I pray that I might be such an example of Christ that the status quo can't help but come after me. What does all this mean for us? What should you actually take away from this message? Whether you're a Christian or whether you're just trying to be a better person, know why you persevere. Answering the why behind the what is the first step to living a better life and growing closer to God. Don't miss the forest for the trees. My two-year-old knows the why just as well as we all should. Jesus loves the little children all the children of the world. Root yourself in that truth. Do good, do no harm, strive to grow, and that is a great place to get started. Let your brain give that adrenaline to keep moving forward, keep pressing on, and then have faith that the greatest dopamine rush we could ever hope to experience is waiting for us in the loving embrace of Jesus Christ. In the meantime, whether you're at 0% progress or if you're some kind of roguelike savant, you are always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show, and remember, God loves you, we love you, you matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.